The Sedano Show rolls on here on ESPN LA. Thompson and Trudell, the reunion. Yes, hey. I, I made this happen. Yes. Suck it, Mason and Ireland. I mean, look, I, I'm loyal already to the Sedano Show. I will say we have been on Mason and Ireland a couple times, but they didn't trumpet it like you No, have. I promoted yeah, this as promoting. a thing. It's a reunion. Yeah, so we do appreciate that. Now, Stephen A. Smith joins us here. You can catch him 10 a.m. here on the radio station, 10 to noon. Uh, Stephen A., thank you for joining us here on my maiden voyage here in Afternoon Drive. I appreciate the opportunity to chat with you. Thank you so much. No problem, guys. How y'all doing? All good. Um, good now... Good. We've got some stuff we want to talk to you about, some stuff that you were really nice and complimentary about, particularly to Michael, who's sitting in front of me. But before that, Stephen A., we saw this list that you put out of the best sports towns in America. And there is no argument that Boston is number one right now. Oh, no, no, there isn't. Or that Philadelphia would even be number two. Please. But Houston, New York, and Chicago, and no mention... Of the City of Angels, as much as you preach on the radio about how much you love Hollywood and the South Bay and L.A. Live, Stephen A., I am shocked at this list. Well, well, well. First of all, first of all, my love for L.A. has nothing to do with the fan base in L.A. Uh, the fact of the matter is that when you look at some of the fans, I mean, you know, you got a lot of things to do, you got a lot of distractions, and if a team isn't handling its business. You guys will be away from them relatively quickly because you got better things to do. You understand the sunshine, the palm trees, and everything else that comes with it. You're pretty cool, so you're all right. At the end of the day, when you look at Los Angeles, Dodgers haven't won a World Series since 1988. Don't get me started with the Angels. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers has been relatively more of under the relevant until the arrival of LeBron James just recently, and we'll see what they do this year. And I believe they'll have a good year. Uh, the Clippers have underachieved. You know, Hoop City and all of that stuff. And, you know, they didn't get it done with Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. And now they've fallen off uh, the map to, to, to some degree. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams just arrived. I mean, obviously, you know, you were contaminated by Jeff Fisher for a little while, but he's gone. Sean McVay is one hell of a coach. You ready to take your offense from dead last to number one. Uh, but they lost in the playoffs to Atlanta. And you got to be on a come up. you got to maintain relevancy in terms of your, your, your abilities in order for, to maintain the support. Of that, of that, of that fan base, uh, the, the Los Angeles Chargers, we know they ain't getting any support. You can't even get 25,000 people to show up to the StubHub Center. So you got that going on. And I just say you put all of that together. It's a, it's a great city in terms of, you know, the, aesthetically, there's a lot, there's a lot of places to hang. It's a beautiful place. I know I love it there and what have you. But in terms of a rabid fan base or whatever, outside of the Lakers, no one else really, really matters. To you guys. And that's why they were not in my top five. Stephen A. Smith, you know, you're younger than me, so I gotta give you some advice here, young fella. (laughs) You you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get, you gotta get more of a life, my man. It's more than life than just going to the games. You gotta factor in living conditions. You gotta figure out, figure in cultural diversity, fan support, you know, average yearly temperature. Wait a minute, Michael. Wait a minute, Michael. If you're talking about something other than sport, meaning the fan base. Well. I put LA, I put LA number one. And Miami number two, right? I'm I'm just, I'm just, I'm just talking, I'm just talking about, you know, the sports fan the sports fan you know rabbits following the support the teams get etc etc just a, a, a rabbit sport well down. well haven't you been to a dodger game laker game or a king's game yeah the dodgers are pretty impressive steven yeah well listen 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 the dodgers are impressive but they haven't won a world series since 1988 and the reality is that even the executives there will admit it 
you know, people care about the Dodgers as the season wanes, August, September, October, when they're relevant and in the picture. You know, they get hype about it. But for the most part, that's not the case. I mean, it's about, for me, it's about the Lakers and USC football. More so than anything else. But Stephen, so just with the Lakers, USC football, and the Dodgers, how does Houston get past that? Because I've been going to two Rockets games a year, uh, plus when the Lakers played them in the playoffs. That building still isn't that great, even when the Rockets uh, are great. Uh, I disagree with you. I disagree with compared you. compared to the rest Rockets of the league. Games, I think I think Rockets games are phenomenal. I've been going there for several years. Um, I think now, now I'll give it to you. I don't go to scrub games. You know, I'm allergic to that. <laughs> if they're playing, if they're playing some weak team, you won't catch me there. Uh, but but the big games, playoff games, and beyond. Every time I go to two of the center in Houston, it's absolutely rocking. That's number one. Number two, the Astros are reigning defending World Series champions. You look at the Houston Texans right now with Sean Watson and those boys. I mean, things are expected of them. They're exciting as well. I look at Houston right now. Right, just for the moment, I look at them right now as a better sports fan. All right, Stephen A. Smith with us here. Of course, the radio show, 10 a.m. to noon here on ESPN LA. And, of course, first take at 7 a.m. each and every morning on ESPN. Now we get to the uh, time here in the interview where Michael's going to suck up to Stephen oh, A. Yeah. Because Stephen A. said this about Michael on first take yesterday. I want to state this for the record. ESPN and every employee at this company should be ashamed of ourselves. Why? Because Michael Thompson works for ESPN. He happens to be the daddy of Clay Thompson. He is our colleague, yeah, our buddy, who does fan. great work in Los Angeles. And the lack of respect shown to his son is something that's hard to take. Thank you, Stephen. Now you got to negotiate my next contract. <laughs> yeah, I wish you were my agent. <laughs> Jeez, I love that. You know, you know what? Listen, listen. I, you know, listen. I, I mean, I, I just got to be very, very serious when I say this. I'm an incredible fan of Clay Thompson. Thanks. I just think that Clay Thompson is one of the greatest shooters we have ever seen in NBA history. Now, obviously, we're going to look in terms of the ball handling skills and the fact that he can launch from anywhere and, and concede that Steph Curry might be the best shooter ever, but. If there's one person that can give him a run for his money, it's a person that's been his teammate for years, a person that's beat him in a three-point shooting contest, a person that's averaged better than 20 points a game over the last four years, better than 46% shooting over the last four years, is shooting a career 42% from three-point range, 44% from three-point range last year. When you talk about a sniper extraordinaire, Clay Thompson is one of two or three people in the entire NBA that has not only fallen under that category now, but has fallen under that category for the last several years. There's the same man that once dropped 37 points in one quarter, 26 points in another quarter. He has shown up in big moments. One would argue today, uh, the year that Kevin Durant decided to take his talents to the Oracle in Oakland after losing the Golden State. Well, who saved Golden State in game six of that series, forcing a game seven after Oklahoma City had gone up 3-1 in that Western Conference Finals? That would be Klay Thompson. There have been entirely too many big moments in his career where this man has the third wheel on Golden State has been called upon to step up, and he has done it. This dude is one of the greatest shooters I have ever seen in my life. And the fact that people just talk about him in such passe fashion as if he's somebody that just fits in, in my opinion, they don't know basketball. I'm not understanding. He's not the flashiest dude in the world. Doesn't have the greatest ball handling skills. But your son is six 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 seven. 
He can guard three different positions, okay? He's usually defending exceptionally well, and he's one of the greatest shooters. And, oh, by the way, he has three championships, and he's shown up in one big moment after another. We could talk about Kawhi Leonard. We could talk about Kevin Durant. We could talk about all of these guys. And in a vacuum, looking at them as individual talent, I would not say that Klay Thompson is a better player than those individuals. But if I have LeBron James already as a teammate, and we're talking about the perfect complementary fit to LeBron James' skill set and what he brings to a basketball court, I don't know anybody better than Klay Thompson for him. And if I'm Magic Johnson and the Los Angeles Lakers, I'm not going to sneeze or poo-poo the notion of Kawhi Leonard or Kevin Durant. But if you tell me I got to settle for Klay Thompson, I'm going to do it with a smile on my face. And more importantly, I'm going to do it with Max Dollars because this dude is one of the greatest shooters I've ever seen. And I've been watching basketball since I was three years old. I can't find five guys in NBA history that I think are better pure shooters than Klay Thompson. When they do the Clay 30 for 30, Michael, you got to make sure Stephen A. is oh, yeah. on it. You have to make sure that's the case. Stephen A., um, do you believe, and, and look, we all know you're not reporting that, and you just believe that it's a good fit, Clay and LeBron, but do you believe that Clay and LeBron and the young guys or whatever makeup they would have on this roster would be enough to beat the Warriors if KD, Steph, and Draymond were still there? If KD, Steph, and, and Steph Curry and Draymond Green was there, but Clay Thompson left the Warriors and joined LeBron in them, I would pick the Lakers to beat the Warriors. I would do it. Because I think Clay Thompson is that pivotal. Let's think, let's think about this for a second here. We look at Kyrie Irving, and we know that Kyrie Irving's special, and he can dance on you in the open. And I'm not trying to sit up here and say, like, the Lakers don't need anything else. You know, you got to hope that Kuzma develops, that Brandon Ingram continues to develop, that Lonzo Ball does something to validate his number two overall selection in the NBA draft. I get that. But when I think about LeBron James and what he brings to the table in terms of being that point forward, even though he's reportedly wants to, he wants to be away from that to some degree, I think about a significant upgrade to what Kyle Korver was supposed to be. We all know that as great as a shooter as Kyle Korver is, he's not in the same class as Klay Thompson as a player. He can't do the things that Klay Thompson can do. He can't play with his back to the basket. He can't post guys up and score over smaller guards or even guards or forwards his size. Not to mention pulling up from 30, even though Kyle Korver could do that. That's all he could do for because he doesn't have the requisite ball handling skills. All you have to do is make him put the ball on the floor, and then he's a non-factor, which is why he barely ever did anything during the finals against Golden State. If you are LeBron James and you have Klay Thompson, what you have is Klay Thompson not on the Warriors. He's with LeBron James in L.A. He spreads the floor out for everybody else. He gives LeBron James even more room to operate, not to mention Kuzma and the other guys. I just view Klay Thompson in that kind of light. And even though I'm not reporting that that's what the Lakers are going to do, I can tell you, I can tell you for a fact the Lakers have heard me tell them that's what they should do. Privately and publicly. I've been, I've been in their ear for a year now. Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson. Have you ever heard me talk about Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant that much? You've heard me reporting that that's what wanted, that's what they wanted. They didn't want to make a trade for Kawhi. They knew that Kawhi wanted to come to LA no matter what, and they were confident that the second he becomes a free agent, he could come there. So when Magic was on the phone with the San Antonio Spurs, he's like, you ain't giving you the bomb for him. He wants to be here. Now, here's what we're willing to offer you. If you're not willing to take it, suck it up. We're fine with it. We'll just wait for him to come next year, which is why a deal was not able to be made between them and the Spurs. 
but I am the one that has repeatedly been in their ear, and I've been saying Clay Thompson, and I'm going to continue to say Clay Thompson because I consider Clay Thompson to be one of the top five shooters in NBA history. The Stephen A. Smith Show, make sure you catch it. Here on ESPN LA, 10 a.m. to noon on radio, and of course, before that first take from se- beginning at 7 a.m. on ESPN television. Stephen A., always a pleasure. Thanks for hey, making before, time. Before you go, Stephen oh. A., who you got, Triple G or Canelo? Oh, there you go. This time around, I've got Canelo. Me too. I think that Canelo's speed. I was talking to Oscar De La Hoya this morning. I think Canelo's speed, um, I think it's going to get the better of, tri- uh, of, of uh, Triple G. Mm-hmm. Triple G looked alarmingly too slow. In the last fight, you got some people that think, and Oscar De La Hoya thinks Canelo's going to go for the knockout because uh, Canelo, they got some bad blood. He doesn't appreciate Triple G bringing up the bad meat and, you know, talk about how he tried to cheat. They blame Triple G and Triple G's camp for getting the fight canceled in May because they believe they should have, they could have still had the fight on, but Triple G's camp complained about Canelo and Canelo's highly offended by that. I'm not going by any of that. It's simple to me. Triple G was so slow. I am convinced that Canelo can outbox him for 12 rounds. It's a question about conditioning, no question about that, but I think that Canelo can keep his distance enough and outbox Triple G for 12 rounds and win by a unanimous decision. I agree. Stephen A., a pleasure as always. Thank you. All right, Stephen A. Thank you, guys. All right. Stephen A. Smith, again, 10 a.m. here on the radio, 7 a.m. on television on First Take. All right, there's a lot to unpack there. We'll, we'll kind of get your thoughts on what he said about Clay and why he's a great fit with LeBron. Plus, is John Gruden already in over his head? We'll get to that in just a moment.